0: Welcome back everyone to another episode of embedded in the future of finance i'm your host jay sailing and today is a special episode because i have really two visionaries in the embedded finance space with me to talk about an application of this technology for the u.s military that i personally think is extremely cool and and will make a substantial positive impact for the men and women who serve our country um so I'm going to do some quick intros, and then we'll just hop into the conversation. So first joining me is uh, clearly a man who does not need much introduction on this podcast, Alvier's co-founder and CEO Yuval Brisker. Thanks, Hi there, Jay. thanks for joining, Yuval. Yes. Um, nice and our you. special and our special guest today, joining us from Virginia, is Sam Meek, and Sam is the founder and CEO of Sandbox. Sam, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us. I'm I'm super excited for this conversation.
1: Now, well, uh, Jay, thanks for thanks for having me, Yuval. It is a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to be spending time with you again, with uh, such a legendary visionary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny! For everyone um, who's just listening on audio, Yuval is wearing a visionary hat. So
2: yeah, he fit. I I, I always find that uh, you know I have a hat that says visionary just to, in case I forget.
0: Only yeah. problem is I see
2: it in, in a mirror. So I actually see, you know, something like ear, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sam, it's really great to have you. I mean, uh, uh, on many levels, you know, we're very grateful for, uh, and so, and so, uh, blessed to have uh, a great customer like you and your, and your great team. And, uh, to be able to build a partnership together, uh, around, uh, you know, uh, a joint vision. Um, and so for want to say always thank you. And, uh, you know, you and I connected from day one, uh, and, and, and we really did. Two, we we but, really you know, did. And yeah. it, it's so, it's one of those things, you know, you don't really, you can't really explain those things. I've said, you know, now, now that I've come to the conclusion that there actually is a soul, <laughs> 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 um I think that that soul when souls meet and they they like each other, they that's kind of like from you know the stardust. It's like yes, from a dif- you know it's, it's, it's from left, a different leftover. Yeah, it's yeah, a leftover from being some like in the same part of the it star.
1: Sweeps back through the the universe and the galaxy, and, and we right. get lucky enough to pick it up.
2: Right, I mean, you know, we're all stardust, right? So, so mm-hmm. we just ended up probably being from the same general area of the of mm-hmm. the pre, you know, you know, big boom moment, yeah. um, and and then and then you know we're reconstituted here, and when we find our soul, you know, our our our, our neighborhood dust, <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, and, and it's it's pretty it's pretty fast. I mean, you know, I yeah. would say the same thing about Jay and me, yeah, you know. And it's kind of like, you know, neighborhood dust, you know, in the context of things, it doesn't, you Yeah. Know, in the big scheme, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, we're all just like this small. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really love what you were doing. Maybe you can share with us a little bit about, you know, how you got there. Um, you know, obviously you're, kind of an unlikely candidate to be an enlisted man. No, I mean, you kind of went to prep schools and stuff like that. So you, but you ended up in the hardcore military. So how did that happen?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I i re- I come from a family of Marines and, and so I, I knew that joining the Marine Corps was always something that I wanted to do. My grandfather and my great grandfather were both decorated Marines. I had, many uncles that had served as well. And so it was definitely something that was in the family. And <clears throat> I was a senior in high school when the towers fell. And that was a, a, a really big moment in my life. Uh, you know, I remember I knew my dad was going to New York City that way. I knew my grandmother was on an airplane that was leaving one of the New York airports that day. So there's a lot that was going through my mind when um you know I, I showed up to i think it was english class and uh the tv was on and, and one of the towers was on fire so um you know from from that day forward uh you know I, I i kind of was really contemplating you know the paths i wanted to take i think one of the best things that happened to me was i got caught smoking pot when i was uh my senior year and ended up getting kicked out of uh, prep school um and, but you must
2: have gotten caught more than once.
1: well um
2: <laughs> did they actually really kick you out for one for
1: a different podcast
2: oh, I, um, see, I see yeah, yeah the the uh the one where we have alvier's podcast
1: <laughs> yeah the podcast and and so right. and, and uh so you know I, I ended up finishing at the uh local high school and at that time i thought to myself well Geez, well, now is a better time than ever. My, my dad was really supportive of this idea of me joining the Marine Corps. Uh, he, had, um, he had really wanted to do it, but never was, you know, Ned never pulled the trigger in becoming a Marine. So I, I just saw this neat opportunity to do it and decided to enlist, um, you know, right out of high school. So I joined the Marine Corps, um, became a, a, what's called a nuclear, biological, chemical defense specialist. It, it sounds fancy. Honestly, it's not that fancy. And just had an incredible time, um, you know, through basic training and into my job school, and uh, and then in, into the fleet. Um, went to Iraq twice. Uh, second time I was deployed, I unfortunately got injured in a, in a non-combat inju- injury, and uh, had to had to get out of. The, well, wasn't didn't have to get out, but I, I had to leave my unit in Fallujah. And uh, at that time, I decided, well, maybe it's a good time to get out of the Marine Corps and see if grass is growing on the other side. So I, le- I left the Marine Corps. And um, very randomly fell into Wall Street and was working for a bunch of really bright folks at a fund of hedge funds and learned a lot about how businesses work well and a lot about how businesses don't work well um, (laughs) when I was introduced to my co-founder, Major General Ray Smith. And so that's a very abbreviated version from how
2: I got into the Marine Corps and and how I began with Sandbox. Right. You know... I want to start kind of, well, we're in the middle of it, but I want to kind of go back to sort of the first thing. Why did you create sandbox? Mm -hmm. Like what was the, what was the, you know, the catalyst that just made you go like, yeah, I really need to do this and this can be really helpful. And what was your sort of long-term vision? Start there because I have more questions around that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was uh so as i mentioned i was working in finance and i was introduced to major general ray smith who's uh, chairman and co-founder of sandbox and i mean has really become you know someone that's just so near and dear to me personally but he um you know initially had this interesting idea which was to build a a myspace kind of competitor for marine corps spouses to stay connected and back then you know when when uh, general smith and i met um MySpace was, was still kind of big. Facebook was, was really kind of taking over, but MySpace was kind of the OG that um, got everybody hooked on, on social networks in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was a really great idea. I was never married in the Marine Corps, but I, I definitely saw the pain points that existed as you know military spouses had to move from one duty station to the next, whether it was one year or three years and pull the kids out of school, change jobs, uh, move the entire household while managing the, the household budget while their 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 um, you know their husbands or, or potentially their, their wives were deployed uh, or training and it's a it's a huge bear on on the on the military spouse community and so I, I love the idea at the very beginning of it and we started looking into this idea and we realized that the opportunity was so much greater no one else was building content and technology that was specific to the military journey at large. No one else was thinking about the user experience expectations of today's warfighter, of the fam- friends and family around today's warfighter and the commands that they serve. And so that was where we had the big aha moment and this opportunity to build Sandbox. Um, so we recognized that from day one, we wanted to boil the ocean. We really, and, and, and that's never changed. And, and from day one, we had a true North Star and that North Star has never changed. Um, But what we have recognized is there's intelligent ways to think about building businesses and acquisition and delivering tools and services and content and features that truly help our service member and the community around our service members be be successful. And so at the very beginning of Sandbox, we recognized that if we were going to be successful in this idea that we could deliver a super app that would create an incredible platform designed for success for our community that we'd have to start at the beginning. And we'd have to start with you know the friction points around getting ready for the military journey, recruiting and joining the military to begin with, and then getting off the basic training, which is what we define as the first year of service. And so if you think about that first year of service, it starts with, I'm interested in joining the military. And then it gets into, I'm now in the recruiting pipeline. My mom and dad and my friends and family are now you know either helping me or pulling me or or nudging me in one way or another around this 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 journey that i'm on uh, but then i get off to basic training now i'm completely disconnected you know as you know you can't take your cell phone with you to basic training we've got over 200,000 folks that join the military every year so a, a large population is is disconnected from a device that they grew up with you know you think about like you know when I'm 39 years old. When, when I joined the Marine Corps, no one had cell phones. And I'm, I'm kind of happy that I didn't. But today's generation of warfighter they grew up with a smartphone in their hand. And so ripping that away, pulling that out of their hand is, is a big deal. So because of what I just explained, we recognized that there was two major friction points. One was, was delivery of information and the knowledge gap that existed for the individual service member, the friends and family around them. And the, and the recruiters and so we, we knew that if, if we could if we could onboard the service member the recruit or the trainee or the future soldier the future airman that we could deliver content to them that would help them be successful we could also deliver content to their friends and family that would help them under better understand the military journey and how to support them and we could also help the recruiters we could give the recruiters time back in their day to focus on recruiting and less so around maintaining the delayed entry program. And so uh, that was one side of it. The other side was the fact that you, you ship off the basic training without your device. And so we created a very simple way for friends and family and recruiters to be able to send a letter to basic training right from the app. So it's actually a physical piece of mail that shows up at basic training. It's delivered overnight. It includes return stationary. It includes return envelope and it's got all the bells and whistles that you might expect from something that goes digital to analog. Um, and those are the, those are the two things that we started with and that's that's where you know we really saw you know most of our growth was around the delivery of intelligent timely relevant content and this opportunity to keep our warfighters connected as they went through basic training they
2: disconnected
1: from their friends and family for the first time with sandbox letters.
2: All right and and how long so first thing what how did you phase it out um like what did you do first <laughs> yeah so like like, you know. like how did you get it going <laughs> what, did, what did what 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 brought sort it of brought it to, what did, brought it to yeah, life yes so, so
1: you know at the, at the you know the, the beginning of it was really uh you know uh, back then a a, a a keynote presentation and a couple you know sticky tabs on the wall um and this idea that we could we could build a an app and so we went around to a handful of family and friends that uh, I had met through my time in Wall Street and some other folks that we were connected to. And, and we raised the first round of capital uh, to get Sandbox 1.0 built. So that got us the, the first version of the app out the door. Um, the, the letters feature was, was actually a little bit of an afterthought. Um, at the beginning, we were really trying to start with this social network idea uh, and this content delivery. Uh, but we recognized that we needed a true killer feature that would uh, would help us with the acquisition side of the house and letters was that feature and so we launched with the letters feature and at the very beginning you know my my co-founder swami and i uh, who's our cto and and coo we would we'd be sitting in the uh we had this house in greenwich that we rented (laughs) this printer in the middle of the foyer and one or two letters would come off that every single day and then swami and i would you know take the letters we'd put them in the envelopes we put postage on them we drive them over to the over to the post box and we we put them in the post box we go have a beer we call it a day and um you know in those in those early days just seeing two three four letters come off the machine every day was so exciting you know fast forward to now you know we we watch 5000 to 20 fast letters come off the machine on a daily basis and how, how
2: did you get the word out
1: by the way that this was available so we were doing a lot of just guerrilla marketing uh, and most of not knowing what we were doing. We were spending money on Facebook. We were, um, you know, trying to infiltrate like, you know, the, some of the family chats that existed across the the social platforms. We were trying to get in front of anyone who would listen to our story that was in and around recruitment and basic training. And um, I have to say that was, that was definitely a very good move on our part. But the most important thing i think we did was we tried to focus on really good execution of the product and um before you know it you know it was 10 letters a day and then 30 letters a day and then 50 letters a day and uh, and as the families just started talking about it the recruiters started talking about it and sharing it and it, it really blossomed in an incredible way to the point where Um, The Marine Corps was actually the first institution uh, that recognized that there was something really neat here that could be done for our service members as they went through basic training. Um, You know, they they recognized, and and this is, everyone understands this, that when you're in the military, uh, mail and mail call, that the moment when you get your mail delivered, is the singular most important moment for morale in basic training. And um, the Marine Corps, we saw this first, and so we were able to put together a relationship with the Marine Corps where we whereby we could onboard 100 percent of the Marine Corps as they joined the Marine Corps. And, you know, what we were doing was just basically providing the address for basic training back to the friends and family. And uh, they it was up to them if they wanted to use Sandbox. They could handwrite letters all day long or they could use Sandbox. And uh, as you can imagine, most of our families elect to use Sandbox to send letters. So it, it's it really started with this ground game that we could tell the story. Um, and we could focus on really good product, uh, to the point where the institutions began to take us seriously.
2: So what kind of made you want to take it the next step kind of technologically? Um, and, and kind of, how did we come to, how did you come to meet us? Yeah, <laughs> why did you come I'm, to, why, why did you come looking?
1: I will tell you, you know, um. I think if you if you if you truly unpack the raison d'être behind Sandbox, it is a wellness platform. We believe that our military community is special, and we believe that our military community works very hard to do what they do, and therefore we believe that our military community should have access to benefits, access to technology, access to utility and content that helps them be f- successful from day one. So what that means is our warfighters need to have the right mental state. They need to have the right spiritual state. They need to have the right physical state. And they need to have the right financial wellness state. And so when you think about what creates a successful warfighter, it's the pillars of spiritual mental well-being. It's, it's, It's the physical fitness. And it's the understanding of how to use finances appropriately. And if you can pull those three things together for the warfighter, let alone humanity, but specifically for the warfighter, I think you can set them off on a successful trajectory from the very beginning. And when you look at the problems that occur in today's warfighting force, almost 100% of the time, you can trace it back to one, uh, an issue that occurred in one of those three pillars. And many times, it comes back to bad financial decision-making. And so as we began to understand how Sandbox Letters was impacting morale, as we began to understand how our content was helping people make better career decisions and helping recruiters be more successful at their job, and as we looked at you know this opportunity to continue to create more utilities and more content along the military journey, the one area we hadn't scratched the surface on was was the financial well-being of our of our service community. And so interestingly enough, one of the things that we did a few years ago was um, uh, we recognized that uh, uh, the friends and family of our service community in America wanted to support their loved ones uh, it, it, financially as they were moving through basic training. But there's no easy way to send money to boot camp. And so we devised a way with the military exchanges, and the Marine Corps Exchange was the first to do this, um, to be able to use, send a, a gift card to their loved one in basic training using uh, the Marine Corps Exchange's uh, gift card provider. And it worked really well, and it took off, and it, and it and it gave us the first indications that our community is willing to trust Sandbox to move money. And that was a big aha moment for us, and it was also the moment that we realized if we're going to invest in in fintech um, and we're going to invest in thinking about the financial wellness of our military community in the future we need to start that now because this is a pretty long tail um from a business it's a pretty long tail from you know a tech build out um and the relationships so <clears throat> the very first step was okay if, if if we want to if we have a thesis around that we can we can help our military community uh, be better with their finances. Uh, how are we going to deliver content and education to help them do that? How are we going to better understand the the uh, the opportunities out there from you know different vendors to different banks to different instruments uh, and distill that into a way that our military community at that age can absorb it and understand it. So obviously, we 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 knew that we wanted to find someone who could do gift cards really well, um, but we also knew we needed to find someone who fundamentally cared about this community and was willing to think about what would a suite of products and services and content um, and how would that get packaged to truly help the future of military finance. And that led us to a, a relatively big search of uh, companies that had the ability to create what we knew that our our customer community wanted so we started with we look we started with 62 uh embedded finance companies at the top of our funnel when when we first started this search about I, I think it was like nine or ten months ago at this point um uh, maybe maybe even longer more. uh oh, we, more. we yeah we looked at we looked at a lot of companies and um uh, and as we started looking at these or, these companies uh, between myself and, and a bunch of my senior leaders on the team, we recognized that if we were going to truly get into this, we needed to hire uh, someone that was dedicated to helping us push through. And that's you know how Dallas joined the team. Um, and so da- Dallas runs runs all of our, our fintech strategies for us as a as a um, as our, uh, program manager and uh, product manager. Um, and so we got we basically got to this point where. Uh, we were down to, I think, 10, 15, you know, embedded finance, banking as a service vendors. Um, <clears throat> we said, to Dallas, you know, here, here are the requirements, um, you know, help us, help us narrow this down to, you know, the folks that can really do this. And we narrowed it down to, to three folks that uh, really um, had all the bells and whistles that we wanted with just the gift cards piece, but also uh, had a very good understanding of what we were trying to do in creating this wellness for uh, military finance in the future. And so that's kind of how we got to that, you know, final stage of folks um, as we were uh, moving into this embedded finance stage for fan- for Sandbox.
2: I won't, I won't, uh, you know, embarrass you by asking you who the competition was, um, but what made you the, or uh, put you on the spot, let's put it this way. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but what sort of kind of, you know, helped you make the final choice? There was, it really came
1: down to two things. Um, the first one was relatively easy, um, but it was, it was, you know, my, my engineering team, you know, uh, took a deep dive on, on the tech stacks and, you know, Alvierre was, was clearly, um, you know, uh, ahead of the rest of the competition. Um, you know, the way that you guys have put your documentation together uh, the clarity in the APIs and um, the the process around regulation um, and the investment that you've made in uh, helping teams understand the regulation and and how to understand the project management of bringing um, you know a variety of products to market was was above you know anything that we'd seen. But I think honestly, the the, the thing that that uh, that sold me you've uh, always, it was actually getting to know you and understanding your background, seriously, getting to know your, your background um, in serving the military and, and, and understanding your ethics and the way you felt about service um, and how excited you were about this opportunity um, to rewrite the history books for military finance. Um, and so it was a, you know, I think it was, an, it was an easy trade on the tech side for me personally, but, but, you know, me getting to know you and then getting to know your team was, was incredible. And, um, you know, I, I remember that, that, that was, a, I think it was a Saturday, you and I were going back and forth on negotiations, and we got it signed uh, over the weekend. Um, right. So I, I have to say that, that, uh, you know, it, it was a, it was a remarkable experience from starting with 62 embedded finance companies. And I'm sure there's hundreds out there, but starting with 62 that we, we thought fit the bill and ended up with, just an incredible partner,
2: and in, in you and Alvier, and, and and a great customer, and the great you know team that you have too. I mean, it's like the I think there's a real you know part of the fun of it is finding you know uh, cli- I call them client partner or partner clients because I mean it really is a joint journey. Mm. Um, I I uh, I really believe in the you know obviously the success of your of your client partners. Is, is the most important thing and mm-hmm. and, and ultimately it, defi- it defines the, the notion of partnership is that there's an absolute you know joint success structure um that that you know when you we're you're successful we're successful without that we're not successful it's just not it's not we're just dropping a you know an annual subscription fee on you and have a nice day using our tools but it's really mm-hmm. that we're we and and i think that's another uh, for me maybe that's another thing that that connects us is that I think that coming from the military, you know, you're not operating alone, you know, you know, you always, you know, have to, you're always, it's a, there's always a partnership with other air, other parts of the the military, other, other, you know, uh, parts of the army or the Navy or or the Air Force. And, you know, you know, that you have to collaborate and you have to work together. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, everybody loses. So. I think that's another thing that—that's uh, why I, for me, that's one of the things that has led me to kind of build the company the way I—I I have because mm-hmm. you know I want collaboration and I want co- internally and externally um, with our with our client partners because we ultimately we have the same interest. So, um, make building it in such a structured way that that that, uh, that really structurally defines that. You know, mm-hmm. is, is has been part of what I've I've tried to do here, and uh, and what makes it so gratifying when we find you know, you know, great partners like you guys and and you, like you said, and and your team. So, I think that's uh, that's a big motivator to be mm-hmm. you know to do more and to I mean, you know it's just like it's almost like a a self not fulfilling prophecy, but you know, self motivating you know energy that that uh, that helps you know do the work and make it make it a success so Mm -hmm. uh, i i i think that the other what else the the other thing i really wanted to ask you is kind of what is i mean you were you know an uh, uh an enlisted man uh and and so what was the your experience in terms of the financial services component and 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 knowing you know that the community, the sort of the community of, of of enlisted men, and and kind of understanding a little bit the differentiation between them, and and sort of officers and all those people who are sort of more in the higher echelons of the and, and what what is available to them from a the financial mm-hmm. services point of view, can you kind of give us a little sense of what that looks like and uh, sure and what 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 you see as the biggest problems for you know for enlisted men and women yeah absolutely well i, I think that the uh the problems overall
1: um i don't think they're they're uniquely on the enlisted side i the, i know the officer population you know has plenty of, of financial troubles but they 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 do they do have a leg up and that's because you know to, in order to be an officer you do have to have a college degree which means you know you you've had more education and you've had the opportunity to better understand uh finances you're, you know, you're generally four years older, you know, maybe three years older than your enlisted peers as, as you join the military and you begin that journey. Um, but um, that amount of time at that age uh, is, is very pivotal in beginning to understand uh, personal finance. Um, and so, you know, I, I do think that overall, the, our officer population does have a leg up on, uh, you know, the enlisted community because they've had that little extra time, and you know, some real education around uh, finance and um, you know how do you manage a personal balance sheet and a personal PL and the things that are you know important to you know um, saving money for the future and and being a good steward of, of your of your long term assets. But you know, the, the, I think the the root of of, of so much of the issues um, come from you know you look at the socioeconomic uh, midline for our our military community and you know it isn't people like me who were fortunate to have a very good upbringing and, and you know went to private schools that is I am I am way on the wrong side of the bell curve um it's middle America uh, that are that is the enlisted man and the enlisted woman that serve our country um which means that you know most of them have you know average education Um, which means that uh, the ones that decide to join the military also may not have the opportunity to go to college, um, whether that's financially or whether that's just where they are in life. Um, But the military calls them uh, for some reason, and and they decide to serve the country. But that does leave them in an interesting area, um, you know, where, Many of these men and women, um, you know, they may have had, you know, a, a day job here or there a little bit, you know, uh, as a, as a, as a busboy or, or maybe, you know, working at a local diner, whatever the case may be, some sort of understanding of income and money. Um, but it, it depends on where your parents have left you at that time and how much they've taught you and how self-motivated you are to learn. But what we find is uh, you typically have never had, you know, a paycheck like this um, when you join the military when you're 18, 19 years old. And you join the military and you make all of a sudden higher than household median income in America. Um, your your barracks and your, and your chow are paid for. So nearly 100% of your paycheck is discretionary. And then you get into an environment with, you know, 19-year-old men and women who have this type of paycheck and it becomes uh, a little bit of a vanity game. Who can buy the best clothing? Who can buy the coolest car? Um, Who can, you know, go on the funnest trips on the weekend? And you end up living paycheck to paycheck. And it is is unfortunately a tale old as time that our military community has just made bad financial decisions. And so as we think about um, ways, to the kind of the underlying causes, and, and as we start to kind of orient towards solutions, you know, we think that there's um, a really neat intersection with the way today's warfighter community uses their phone, um, uses apps like Sandbox to be successful in the military journey, and to deliver, you know, financial wellness instruments um, that help them make better decisions um and that starts on the education side and it starts with helping our service community begin to understand what it means to have a paycheck like this and how do you orient towards the future most intelligently it begins before you go to basic training while you're still in the recruiting phase and then it turns into how do you think about you know your direct deposit how do you think about building credit how do you think about Building a really solid saving strategy, um, for what you care about because you know you've all what you save for is very differently than what I save for. What you spend money on uh, on a discretionary basis is what I spend money on differently. We have different financial profiles, but the interesting thing about the military community is everyone has a standardized pay schedule, and so when we start with the standardization of pay schedule that we as the taxpayers pay for, um, we can begin to back into bands of, resp- of responsible spending within the discretionary, non-discretionary and savings lines. Um, and we can begin to understand what it means to build early credit. And we can begin to think about how does that translate in, from the education side into the rich products and features that we see in many of today's challenger and neobanks. But designed to help the military community be successful financially and that's where we see an incredible opportunity not only in our partnership together with sandbox and lba but also in the future of military finance because again so many of the bad decisions and so many of the things that we see negatively impacting us as the taxpayer impacting commands across america are bad financial decisions at the beginning of the military journey and those compound over time and so I do believe that this opportunity that we're on will be one of the greatest things that helps our military community be successful in the long run, because we will fundamentally reshape the way this next generation of warfighter thinks about money.
2: Yeah, you know that are you, when you said challenger banks, you know the neo challenger mm-hmm. neo banks, the challenger banks. I was thinking that at the end of the day, they each of them have kind of a slice of population that they really are, you know, are. Are targeting and are are right for in a sense because part of the notion the sort of the concept behind the the neo bank in my mind it, it's not it can't be a mass bank because it it it's it, if it's a mass bank then, then there's no differentiation between that or chase it just or, dilutes you know, it you're right absolutely or wells fargo or whatever so it, it it's mm-hmm. all about a certain level of personalization. Of financial services to a specific audience, and and what's more specific than you know than the you know the military audience, and what's more specific than the military audience who are enlisted people, enlisted men and women, not you know, because mm-hmm. from what I understood from you, like existing you know military financial institutions like USAA or Navy Federal, really were bent were built for for officers, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, they were originally built for, for,
2: you know, an
1: officer community. I know. But I think that the bigger picture for both of those institutions is they have over the last really over the last six, seven years, uh, began to offer services to, you know, the wider breadth of the military community. So, you know, as, as you may know, if your great grandfather served in the military, you're eligible to be a USAA member. You know, you, you may have nothing to do with the military and your your parents may have had nothing to do with the military, but you're eligible for a USAA account. And I think that's a great idea for acquisition. Um, and I think it's it's done well for a lot of the military institutions when it comes to size and scale. But as you keyed in time, what it's done, it's it's diluted their ability to deliver really core features and I think an ethos around the way our military community uses their finances and so if you're taking care of you know someone who's you know working in a a steel factory and you know whoever somewhere around the united states or globally versus taking care of you know a young lance corporal in the marine corps um when you dilute who your customer base is uh, you lose sight of the opportunity to uniquely understand where their problems are, especially financially. And that's kind of, I think, going to be some of the core differenti- differentiation between what we think is the right way to approach the market and how USAA, Navy Fed, and some of the larger organizations have approached the market.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I don't want to go into the through diff- differentiation components because obviously we're in a competitive world, uh, so we can leave some of those you know uh, questions to be answered when we launch our our service. Um, but uh, but you know I think that the ultimately the the idea is is. Uh, is really to to continue the, the the tradition that you've had of like thinking about how to, you know, make enlisted men and women's lives better, right? Uh, but not just focus on that beginning of the journey, but go throughout the journey, not just more right. information, but real real tools that will make a, make a difference in their lives. So it makes so much. That's what you know. That the, the first thing that I thought and that we thought together, I think. When we, when we started talking was that this was the big vision, right, that, mm-hmm. that, that taking, you know, a, a very sort of customized and personalized approach to that community and figuring out how to, you know, how to serve them in a way that really benefits them the best. Yeah, And, 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 and not doing it, you know, from another angle or from the right. big, big bank, you know, or whatever
1: yeah and, and and even just in in our in our strategy the focus on you know the the folks that are in the first year of service um, yes do we want to service the 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 majors and and the master sergeants and you know the senior tech sergeants A- absolutely we we want to service the entire military community but we recognize that the the biggest problems and the biggest opportunity for change exists at the beginning of the military journey And so I love this idea that we get incredibly focused around understanding what helps that junior warfighter be successful. Finances just happens to be one of the three pillars. And that's why there's a focus here. And that's why we care about our relationship. Um, uh, But that's where we see probably one of the biggest opportunities in the long run to make a, a big difference for the success around our military community.
2: You know, I think that, uh, that overall, the, uh, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense to me, uh, you know, not just cause it's me, you and me here, but because I just think that, you know, everybody needs to feel like they're part of a community. Yeah. And, and I think that one of the things that, that, that will, this will allow is to strengthen that sense of community for those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who are going to become part of the this membership community, and I and when I think about it between you and me, I think we really should think about it as a membership, be part of this community, not you know mm-hmm. just uh, not just a passerby, you know, not right. just flows through it in the beginning. But this is something that can help can help bind us, and we have some ideas how to strengthen that. I don't want to share them here yet because I think they're actually quite novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we could, we 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 have some really good ideas to strengthen the notion of community, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, it's interesting, as you look at um,
1: one of my favorite examples is, uh, is WeChat. WeChat, I think, has done an incredible job at starting with something around how do you strengthen community, and then beginning to add all these other features, utilities, that truly help that individual uh, make their way through their life. <clears throat> and we've seen this in a handful of other countries, they've, they've you know, developed super apps that deliver the financial, that deliver the the physical, the wellness, the the content, the, the utilities and tools, the Ubers, you know, the the postmates of the world. These all get bundled together um, in really neat ways. And as we think about who this customer community is and the uh, specifics and the red tape that go along with, you know, working for the government, I just think there's an immense amount of opportunity to look at the bureaucracy as the scaffolding that we get to build product around that we get to think about well the the u.s military and the government has made a, a a giant mess out of checking into a military installation or trans or transitioning out of the military or uh joining the military how can we build product around those pain points that help that individual look at their phone and with a couple of taps? open up a bank account or better understand their physical fitness or check into a military installation or understand how they can make their, their career more successful in the long run. These are simple things that our military community should have access to. And today they don't.
2: And it makes so much sense. And of course, there's a global opportunity there. And we've talked about that as well. Um, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us. I mean, it means so much to us that uh, that uh, we have this uh, this journey that we're on together, and that that uh, first and foremost, it's really about our military men and women, not yeah. just here but everywhere. Ultimately, um, yeah, uh, that's kind of one of the things that got me excited. As you said, well, I'm already talking to the Canadian military, and I'm you know I'm, I'm, I can see this going to some other places in NATO potentially, and I think absolutely 100 percent we can support all that, and I think that's part of the beauty of embedded finance and and the partnership mode, like we have it is that the sky's the limit and we can just work together to create new, new things that, uh, yeah. that really change, help change people's lives for the, for the better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've all could, I
1: couldn't have picked a better partner. Uh, we couldn't have picked a better partner, um, to, to do this. And, uh, I can't thank you enough for having me on your podcast. I have I've been, uh, I've been hearing about you've all elusive <laughs> podcasts for some time. And, uh, now I can say that uh, I've I've been through the trenches on a podcast
2: with you all. That's right. And maybe not the last time because we have a lot more to I, talk about, I'm sure. That's right. Especially that's when here. you start when, when I start, you know, flying under your tutelage. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, I have no no pressure there at all. Yeah. Thanks a lot, worry. Sam. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks
0: the leading embedded finance technology platform that allows the world's top brands to do more for their customers, fans, and employees. For more information, check us out at alvire.com and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter for the latest updates, guides, and more.